0: Dismissed for Sunday school now. It's a great time. And as they're going out, let me just open in a word of prayer. God, you are our living hope, and we thank you this, that we can come this morning and worship you. And God, we just we give it all to you this morning, and, and we bring it to you, God. And so we just pray a blessing over this kids this morning as they stampede out for Sunday school, God. Would you just be with them and be with the volunteers as well and the teachers that are teaching these kids and we just pray that they have an amazing time learning about you and also singing songs and diving into your word, God. We just thank you for this morning and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you again today. My name is Alex Siemens. I'm the associate pastor here. If you don't know, if you forgot my name, it's all good. Welcome to those watching online as well. A special welcome to you guys today. Have you ever been waiting for like a phone call? Or for someone to give you an answer on something that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting on. Maybe you're waiting for a doctor's appointment, and you're like, okay, they said they were going to call on Monday, and it is Saturday, or it is Friday, and I'm still waiting for that call. Or maybe you're waiting for test results, or you're waiting for maybe a college to get back to you, send you a letter to say, yeah, we, you know, you're accepted, or you're not accepted. Or maybe you're waiting on, you know, a job offer, someone to give you a call back that said, hey, that interview went great, we'd love to have you on board. I'm sure we've all waited for an answer of some kind. A couple years ago, our oldest son, Rhett, had to have surgery. He, had a, he was born with a hernia, and so when he was old enough, he could then have surgery for that, and we had to wait for that phone call. You know, we had all the Oks, and this is going to happen, and we just had to wait for that phone call that said, okay, this is the day, and this is the time. Or maybe you're the person who had to give an answer to somebody. Maybe someone was waiting for an answer from you. Maybe it was your kids. And you didn't want to give them an answer. That happens a lot, doesn't it? We're parents in in this room, this morning you know that in your household, your kids can ask you lots and lots and lots of questions all the time. Right? This last week, Rhett, you know, we were in a store and Rhett said, you know, Mom, we have to get this dog bed well, we don't have a dog. Why do we need this dog bed? He said, well, if we get this dog bed, we can then get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> great thinking, right? It's great thinking. It is. It really is. <laughs> but he, and he asks lots of questions like that. I remember when I was a kid, you know, my siblings and I begged my parents for a dog. And it probably went on for, I, would want, I want to say at least a year, of us like pleading and pleading And making our case, you know, we'll take him for walks. We'll we'll clean up after him in the yard. We'll you know, we'll make all these promises, and and it all centers around we need a dog, mom, dad, we need this dog. And of course, some of those promises were very empty, especially as kids. I think I was six, and then I have two older siblings, and we're all going to take turns taking him for a walk, and we're you know all going to take turns giving him a bath, and we're all going to take turns doing this and that, and it you know. Usually ends up being on the parents at that point. A little bit more than what the kids promise. And, you know, when our kids ask for these things, there's so many pleas, and there's so many, like I just said, I need this, we need this, we need this. Maybe you've experienced this, you're thinking already to yourself, oh yeah, well they asked me for a phone this week. You know, I need a phone. Everyone else has a phone. Or I need that new video game console. Or I need that. Or I need this. You know, Rhett asks us often, can I start with dessert? You know, can I have ice cream for dinner? No. No, you cannot. (laughs) How about we have it after dinner? And then there's meltdowns and, you know, crying and, of course, all the other fun stuff that happens there. But sometimes as parents, you know, we want to protect them. and, And the answers that we give are there because we know what's best for them. And you probably have been there if you're a parent in this room or if, you know, you can remember if you're young enough. Maybe you've been there yourself recently. Girls in the front, maybe. Wide eyes, yeah. Or maybe you've, you know, you've been waiting for an answer recently. It could have been from a doctor or a job. I know there's a few of you that have heard back from doctors this week. And, and maybe you're, you know, the answer that you're waiting for just hasn't been coming. Maybe you're you're here today, and you've been praying and praying, and you're waiting for an answer from God. And that's exactly what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at when God answers. Last week, we looked at uh, when God calls, and we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and how how the boy Samuel uh, was called into service uh, as a prophet for God. And we concluded that when God calls us into different types of situations, into service or submission or reliance, that our posture needs to be that of Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so when we look at that, and we think about that today, I want us to think about what happens when God answers our prayers. And we can have a similar posture. But I want to look at a different passage today. Out of Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 13 it's a very short story about Jesus healing a man who had leprosy. And so I just want to read this for us, these couple verses, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, Luke chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, it says While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, Jesus said, be clean. And he immediately the leprosy left him. What I want to focus on today is the posture and how this man asked. We don't know his name. We don't know where he was from. It was just in one of the towns. And he could have come to Jesus in any manner of, of words. He could have said, God, I, like, I know who you are, Jesus. You're the Son of God. I need to be clean of this or will, can, can you make me clean? I need to get rid of this. I have leprosy, and you know those with leprosy was a terrible disease. There was a lot of different variations of it, and in the Bible, it just kind of clumps all together as leprosy is some kind of skin disease. Some of it was very contagious, but it didn't matter. If you had it, you were outcast. You were sent to live on the edge of the city where you couldn't be with anybody or other than those that also have leprosy because you know nobody wanted to touch you, nobody wanted to be with you because they didn't want to get it. But the posture that this man came to Jesus faced to the ground and said, Lord, if you are willing, will you make me clean? He didn't say, I need to be rid of this. I need to have this. I need to be clean. He came with a humble heart. He said, Lord, if you are willing. What's been an answer of prayer to you recently? Maybe it's been something, maybe not so recent, but that's just... Still in the forefront of your mind because it was such a big answer to prayer. Maybe it was something small this week. Maybe it was just a phone call that you needed, or or a hug from a friend. Like I mentioned last week, when God called my family and I here this fall, it was unexpected, and but we could see Him working in it all as well. When Jorge called and said, "Hey, we need you. You know, I would like if you joined us before Christmas." My response was, okay, well, if that's going to happen, there's a couple things that need to happen first. And one of the big things is that, well, we're going to need somewhere to live. And if you live in Linden, you know that there's almost no houses for sale here. And so we brought that to God. We said, God, if if you're willing, God, if, if this is where you are calling us, you know, will you provide us a house? And sure enough, he did, and that whole process went very, very quick something that we also didn't expect, but we knew that that was God's answer to us as well, and that God was working in that. Not just that he was calling, it was a confirmation of that call, but that he was answering our prayers in that as well. And so as we start today, I want, want us to look at how, how do we bring requests to God, and what kind of requests are we bringing? You know, do, we, do we sit down and, and we pray, okay, God, you know, just make it sunny today. Can you just get rid of the cold weather today? Can you get rid of that ice? Are we, you know, praying? What kind of requests are we bringing to God? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says that we can pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. It says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We can pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. But I think the catch here at the very beginning is praying in the Spirit. So what does that look like, praying in the Spirit? I think one example, and a very, maybe a common example that we can draw from, is, is you know, praying for the fruits of the Spirit. You know, in Bible studies I've been a part of, or different small groups I've been a part of in the past, a common prayer request is, oh, I just, can, can we just pray tonight that you know, God gives me patience? Or that God gives me, you know, love or kind words to say this week, gentleness. You know, we kind of list the fruits of the Spirit as something that we need from God. And that's not necessarily a wrong prayer. But what about if we're praying for opportunities to grow in that? Because, you know, it's not just a genie when we pray, God, just give me patience and it happens. But God's giving us opportunities to be patient. You might be in the midst of pulling your hair out, you know, with your kids, and you're like, God, just give me patience, you know, or God just just give me love. Give me a gentle tongue today. When in fact he's giving you those opportunities. So what kind of requests do we bring and, and how do we do that? How are we coming to God? And what kind of answers? Does God give? Well, they very two answers, right? Yes and no. But God also says not yet. And this is different from when our parents say not yet, or from when our parents say maybe. You know, usually that means no. Oh, can I go out tonight? Ah, uh, maybe. Okay, well that means no. But when God says not yet, it, does, it, it might mean a yes, but when you're ready. For example, I I grew up in BC and I grew up with my family. we went camping lots of times and grew up riding dirt bikes as well. And when I was, you know, I was, I don't know how old, seven or eight or so, and my brother had outgrown this little tiny dirt bike that we had and he had a a little bit of a bigger bike. And I asked my dad, you know, can you show me how to ride dirt bikes? You know, I want to ride. And he said, yeah, but when you're ready. Well, I had to be tall enough to be able to at least get my tippy-toes to touch the ground when I'm sitting on the bike. And I don't know how many weeks or months went by of, my, of me asking my dad every weekend to pull out the bike to see if I was tall enough that I could sit on it and my tippy-toes would touch, and I was ecstatic when at least one foot can now touch on one side. But I wasn't ready yet. You know, you can't just, I mean, you can just jump on a bike if you're not tall enough and ride, but what happens when you run into trouble or when you need a stop? My dad, in his great wisdom and knowledge, knew that an eight-year-old me with short little legs was going to run into trouble at some point on a dirt bike, and so he told me, not yet, when you're ready. And that's kind of the, how God answers us, too. You might, you know, uh, bring to God, you know, can you bring someone into my life, like a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or spouse or, or just a friendship of some kind. And those not necessarily wrong prayers, but God might say not yet. You no, know, I'll bring you a spouse, maybe not yet. When you're ready. I had one pastor once uh, give a sermon to, to our young adult group, and it was on you know marriage and dating, and, and he said, you know, often as you know, young adults or as teenagers, we pray for, for a girlfriend or boyfriend or, or something like that, you know, pray for relationships and and what we really need to be praying for is that God will prepare us for those relationships and prepare that person as well. You know, I had the pastor, he said, you know, instead of praying that God brings you someone, how about you start praying for that person? You don't know who they are, you don't know where they are in their life, you don't know how their relationship is with God. But regardless for situation, God answers us and he says yes. He says no, and he says not yet. You might you know, wonder, why does it matter that, that God is answering us? And it's, it's part of that relationship that we have with him. It's, it is a two-way street. It's not just us giving our prayers and, and prayer requests, but it's also taking time to listen for God to answer. I found this in my own life when I was a young adult, that I would just constantly be praying and bringing requests and anxious thoughts and and all my worries and fears, but I wasn't taking time to stop and pray and just listen to God, and to listen for His answers. And it matters that God gives us answers because we want to be in the center of His will. As Christians, we, we want to have that personal relationship, and we want to have a deep personal relationship with Him, and that centering around God's will. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is in the middle of giving his Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about giving up our worries and letting go of our anxious thoughts. He goes through reasons to prove that God is taking care of us in the middle of our worries. He tells us not to worry about food and fitness and fashion and future, and all the guys in in the room are thinking, didn't we just talk about this at men's Bible study a week or so ago? Yes, we did. But Jesus is giving these reasons for his proof. He said, you know, you don't need to worry Look at the birds of the sky. Your heavenly Father takes care of them. They don't store up in grain bins. You know they don't harvest. They're still fed every day. You don't need to worry about your food, where it's coming from, what your future looks like. And then Jesus turns and he says, look at the flowers of the field. You don't need to worry about how, how you're going to dress or what you're going to wear because God is clothing these flowers that are here today and are dead tomorrow. And Jesus just says, you're more important to God and the flowers, and then the, and then the birds. And after this, Jesus centers the crowd around God's will, and he says, you know, no matter anxious thoughts or our worries, the prayers and petitions that we have, in verse 33, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. Last week, I shared a story of how God called me and said, you know to be still and to be patient." and I want to share a little bit more about that story. I had recently graduated from college and I was at a worship night with some friends and I had a lot of anxious thoughts, I had a lot of worries. I had some friendships that had abruptly you know ended, and I was upset about Over that, you know, what could I have done different? What could I have said that would have, you know, maybe changed the situation? And and I was in the midst of all these prayers, and and I wasn't taking time for God to answer me. I wasn't taking that time to listen. And in the midst of all that, as this worship was going on, God just spoke to me, and he said, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10. He said, Be still. And to me at the time, it felt kind of like a slap in the face, you know. Just stop your worrying. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know, don't don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about, you know, tomorrow. It's all how (laughs) it worries about itself enough. And I was praying, God, would you help me with this? Would you give me direction? Give me wisdom? Where am I going with my life? What am I going to do? You know, I was working for my dad at the time in his woodworking business and I knew that's not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and so I had all these anxious thoughts and all these prayers. God, Where are you? Where are you leading me? And he just said, be patient. Just be still. And I waited on that for four years until he called us into ministry, just to be patient, be still. I will call you somewhere yet. I'm going to call you forward, but not yet, when you're ready. It's one of his answers. God gives us the answers to our prayers, and and it might not be what we expect. It might not be what we want. It might not come how exactly how we thought it was going to come. But throughout Scripture, we have promises. Promises like uh, from 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that He will give us what we ask of Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, there it is again. According to His will, pray in the Scripture, seek first the kingdom of God. Which kind of brings me back to how are we asking God, how are we bringing our requests to Him? You know, Are we bringing requests according to what we want? Oh God, can you just give me this? I need this. God, I need this. I need this. You know, would you please just bring me someone into my life? Or would you please bring me that job that I want? I need that. I need this. But are we asking according to what we want? Or what, we, what God wants for us? Or what God wants to do through us? And how do we respond when God says no? That's often a hard thing. When we feel like we're called in a direction or we're feeling that we're being pulled in a direction and God says no, that's not for you, or no, that's not according to my will. Often our response is anger. Why? Why, God? But really, I think our response needs to be thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for saying no. And that's a hard thing. That might not be our our response, right? But like our parents know what's best for us when we're kids, can I have ice cream for dinner? No. And then there's the meltdown and the anger and the tears. Why? I just want ice cream. But God says no too, and he knows what's best for us. And he's probably saying no to protect us. And so our response shouldn't be the meltdown and the tears and why, why. But it should be a Thanksgiving. That might not be easy to do in the moment. That might be something that happens later on. Thank you, God for protecting me from that relationship. Thank you, God, that that ended. Thank you, God, that you said no in this situation because if I kept down that path, where would my life be now? You know, I think about my parents when I was in grade 7. I, um, between grade 7 and grade 8, my parents moved, and they put me in a different school. And at the time, I was so upset about that. You know, I'm, you know where are all my friends going to be we're not going to be there. But I wasn't hanging out with the right friends. They were taking me off, of course, into drugs and into addiction that obviously my parents saw. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, you know, that's just where I was going to go. That's where my friends are. Let me go that way. My parents said no. And man, I'm looking back now, and I am so thankful for, the, for how they acted in that situation and how they took me through that. Because I couldn't see. I was blinded by my, own, by my own will, by my own whatever it was. They said, no, we're, we're going to go over here. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, God, for protecting me from that. This man who was covered in leprosy, he didn't just have the courage to approach Jesus, But he had the correct posture as well. So I just I want to read this one more time, Luke chapter five, verse twelve and thirteen. It says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, be clean, Jesus said. And immediately the leprosy left him. God, if you're willing, make me well. God, if you're willing, take this anxiety from me. God, if you're willing, would you make me clean. But notice something else here. Jesus didn't just speak. He touched the man. He laid his hand on him. This man that was outcasted. This man that nobody has touched for who knows how long because of who he was and and what was on him and what was taking over his life. And with his face to the ground, Jesus bent down, put his hand on him and said, I am willing. Be clean. When you were faced with a difficult time in your life, what helped you the most? could have been kind words from a friend that encouraged you. It could have been words from Scripture. Most likely it was maybe the presence of a friend or family member. Maybe it was that arm around you, that hug, just that shoulder to cry on. It's because touch in our lives is such such an important sense in, in how we interact with each other. And Jesus knew that. He knew that this man with leprosy that nobody would probably get within more than six feet of, he, of him. This person that they didn't want to be around, so they sent them outside of the city limits or outside of the town to live by themselves. And Jesus laid his hand on him. No, you know, this is in Luke chapter 5, and in the previous chapters, Jesus already showed that he can heal with just a word. He can heal by just speaking and saying, Be clean. But in this instant, he knelt down and he put his hand on this man as well. Why go through that trouble? Because Jesus knew God knows what we need. He knows us intimately. God will answer our requests. He answers our prayers. Again, not always how we expect, not always what we want to hear or even what we see right away. And occasionally, He sometimes answers us before we even know that we need that answer. And sometimes we just forget about it. But Jesus promises in Matthew 28, verse 20, He says, Be sure of this, I am with you always. Commission the the disciples as He's leaving, as He's ascending to heaven. He says, Be sure of this, I am with you always. I'm with you, I'm going to take care of you. I'm here for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you're you know, praying for God? Oh God, would you just help me in this, in this context with this problem? And, and he reminds you of the last time he helped you. Oh, God, would you help me with this right now? And he says, okay, do you remember that time? You know, a year ago, two years ago? Well, yeah, but can you help me with this right now? And he says, I will be with you always. I'm here for you. I take care of you. You know how I've helped you before, and I'm going to help you again. 1 Peter, chapter five verse seven, says, "Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He does. He cares for us. He is with us always." There's another story that I want to look at as we finish today, from Luke chapter eight, verse 22 to 25. Again, it's just a couple verses. And we probably know this one very well. Luke 8, to 25 it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat and they started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown! Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm storm stopped and all was calm. And he turns to the disciples and asks them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? they asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. It's probably a story we know well, and it's kind of crazy. Not just that Jesus couldn't sleep in the midst of anything. Which some of your wives are like, see, he's like you. But these experienced fishermen that knew this lake, that grew up around these waters on the Sea of Galilee, that they knew this, that they were terrified of the storm. They thought they were going to drown. In other uh, gospels, and other accounts, it says that the boat was breaking apart. Jesus, where are you? We're going to drown. We're going to die. Where are you? I'm dying here." And he just calms, He says, "Be still to the waves." And then he turns to the disciples says, "Where's your faith?" And you might wonder, why did he say that? I think it's clear, if you look at the very beginning, because Jesus already promises them how it's going to end before they even start. He says, "Let's cross to the other side of the lake." They're going to get to the other side of the lake. And you might be in the midst of a raging storm. You might be in the midst of a valley right now. You're saying, God, I'm drowning here. Where are you? And his promises are saying, I'm with you always. I will take care of you. We might not think that Jesus is with us in those storms, in the valleys of life. We might think that he's off taking a nap somewhere while you're left dealing with this. But he knows us intimately. He wants to have that personal relationship with us where we seek out and bring requests according to his will. We come to God and say, Lord, if you are willing, will you make me clean? Lord, if you are willing, will you cast these anxieties away? Lord, if you're willing, will you help me With this person? Will you help me with this relationship with my family member that drives me insane, that makes me angry? God, will you help me? If you're willing, will you help me say the right words to my neighbor, my coworker when they ask me about my faith? Lord, if you're willing. Lord, if you're willing. Jesus says, Where is your faith? I am with you always. I'm here in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the valleys. When you think the boat is breaking apart and you think you're going to drown, Jesus says, we're getting to the other side of the lake. We're going to get through this together because I'm with you always. Maybe you're there. God, where are you right now? Will you answer me? Maybe like me some years ago, in the midst of all your anxious thoughts, in the midst of your worries, you aren't taking time to listen in, in prayer. You aren't taking time to hear God's answer for you. God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? But you don't take a breath for Him to say, I'm right here. I'm with you always. He cares for us. So if you remember anything from today and anything from last week, when God calls us, our posture should be that of Samuel. Lord, speak for your sermon is listening. And I think that needs to be our posture when we are listening for his answers. We bring our requests and then we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But in the midst of bringing our requests, our posture should be, Lord, if you're willing, speak, for your servant is listening. Let me pray. God, I know some of us are in the midst of storms right now. Some of us are feeling pain that is unimaginable. Some of us are lost and have questions. Maybe we're doubting why you've called us into certain situations. Maybe we don't feel up for it. Someone else can do this better than I can. Why did you call me? Maybe you are just in the midst of lots of anxious thoughts. How am I going to pay for next month? How how am I going to help my kids through this? How are we going to go through this? What's going to happen here? God is saying, be still. I am with you always. I care for you deeply, immensely. And amidst the storms, as we're bringing our requests, Lord, if you're willing, will you help us through this? God will say yes. So Lord, I pray that, that you be with us this week. Whether your answer is yes, whether your answer is no, or whether it's not yet when you're ready. God, I pray that we can see your will and seek your will first. That as we bring prayer requests, God, that we're doing it according to your will. And whatever your response be, I pray that we have thankful hearts, which can be a very difficult thing at sometimes. So, Lord, I pray a blessing those here in this room today, those watching online. God, would you bless us and keep us? And as we go from here, God, I pray that we are like Samuel, with a posture of, God, if you're willing, speak for your servant is listening. know that you are with us, we know that you care for us, and sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. So God, again, I thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us here. And Lord, as we bring our worship to you, as we close in reflection, speak to us for those that are, are waiting upon your answer. And I pray that we can come alongside each other as well to give that hug, to have that shoulder to cry on. Lord, if you're willing, anxieties. We bring all our worries, all our fears to you, God. We pray these things in your great holy name.